Tom Frederick, Tim Hyatt, Chad Berger from Bob Young Field. The home portion of 2023's schedule now complete. Wayne State wins it today 28-20. Quick scoring summary. Cougars broke out on top first. They had a 15-play, 79-yard drive. It took over seven minutes on their opening possession, but had to settle for a field goal. 34 yards from Nick Hernandez, the first of three today for the junior from San Antonio. Cougars led it 3-0. Wayne came back to take the lead at the end of one, though. A 38-yard run by Latravius Boyd. Kept a seven-play, 73-yard drive. Boston Hensley's PAT made it 7-3 after the first quarter. Wayne with both scores in the second period. A 35-yard throw, Nick Bowen to Kendrick Watkins-Hogue. It was a five-play, 63-yard drive. That made it 14-3. And then after Luke Sims picked off Camden Dean deep in Wayne territory, he returned it out to the 40, and four plays later, they were in the end zone again. A two-yard throw, Bowen to Kendrick Watkins-Hogue. 21-3 at the half. 21-10 at the end of three. Dean capped a nine-play, 52-yard drive for the Cougars with a one-yard quarterback sneak. Hernandez point after made it 21-10. It was 21-13 when Nick Hernandez capped an 11-play drive with uh, a 39-yard, make that a 38-yard field goal with 14-25 left. Wildcats, though, rebounded and went 68 yards in four plays. A pass interference call on uh, the Cougar secondary and a 35-yard hookup that gave him first and a goal up to five, the big plays. It was a bone five-yard throw to Watkins-Hogue again to make it 28-13 with five minutes to go. Cougars scored under a minute later. Dean to Adonis Hutchinson, 46 yards. It was a three-play, 75-yard drive. 28-20 with four minutes left. The kickoff was knocked out of bounds by Boyd of Wayne State at the one-yard line. But the Wildcats were able to get two first downs and able to force the Cougars' hand. They used their three final timeouts in the final minutes of this game and never got the ball back 28 20 wayne state with its second straight win over the cougars usf at the half tim down 21 3 could have easily mailed it in phoned it in said folded up their tents and all those cliches but they didn't man we saw a lot of spirit a lot of energy a lot of uh camaraderie in that second half only to come up short and, and some good offensive football they ran the ball about as well today as i've seen them run it in a in a few weeks for sure maybe maybe most of the season dylan rudnigan over 100 yards uh, they ran it for over 200 as a team today uh doubling up on what wayne state did on the ground but uh you know those mistakes they just too many in the first half to overcome and then you know when it was 21 13 and they uh, had the bobbled snap on the on the field goal if the cougars get those three points there keep a little of that momentum their way maybe they get the ball back with a chance to get the win here uh but uh the cougars like you said they fought hard till the bitter end that's been the story all season long uh at, at a certain point uh you want to see those turn into w's and unfortunately uh we'll probably see that uh, in the future, but uh, this season it has just not uh, bared that self out, bared itself out. They had an overwhelming time of possession again. Their offense was the best friend the defense had. They kept Wayne State's offense on the field to a minimum yep. under 17 minutes possession time. But the Wildcats still were able to convert six of 12 third downs, including two crucial third downs on yep. that final possession of the day. 28-20, the final here. 
in Sioux Falls. Cougars, no more football to be played at the Bob this fall. Next week we'll be in Marshall, Minnesota. Over on Highway 23, about 90 minutes northeast of here. A noon kickoff. We'll be on the air at 11.30, our pregame from Matkey Field. And love the press box. <laughs> Hate the location. Location, right on the Location, goal line. Location, location, location. Location is everything. <laughs> Sioux Falls, a 28-20 setback to drop to 3-7. and seven. Wayne State improves to 7-3. and three. And we'll continue postgame from the Bob with stats, an interview, and the scoreboard when we come back in a minute. With Midco Home, you'll feel totally at home on the bright side. It's where Bright Tech meets brighter service, giving you a carefree connection to all you care about. Visit Midco.com today. The Holiday Inn City Center, a timeless landmark in beautiful historic downtown Sioux Falls, located at 100 East 8th Street. It's the perfect place to host your next event. Call the Holiday Inn City Center and book today, 605-339-2000. 28-20, the final here, Wayne State over the University of Sioux Falls. The other scores from the NSIC with Tim Hyatt. Just went final in Bemidji. Bemidji State improves to 8-1 and in the league with a 27-14 win over Minnesota State Moorhead, dropping the Dragons to 5-4 and in league play. Uh, as we mentioned before, Mary defeats Southwest Minnesota State 32-28. Minnesota Duluth, they improve to 7-2 and in the league with a 44-32 win over Color- uh, Concordia St. Paul. Michigan Tech 37-3 over Minot State in a non-conference game. About seven minutes to go in Winona, and it's Minnesota State 49, Winona State 35, and just starting the second half up in Aberdeen, Augustana shutting out the Northern State Wolves 17-0. 28-20 was our final here. Tim's going to have the stats for you. It's going to show that they won the time of possession overwhelmingly. They won the total offense battle overwhelmingly. Unfortunately, they committed more turnovers than the opposition. They left uh, at least three scores out on the field. And unable to uh, secure the win here at home, 28-20, to 20, the final score. Nick Bowen throws for three for the Cougars. Nick Hernandez gets three field goals. Cam Dean rushes for one and throws for one. We, uh, we're waiting. I don't know if Coach is going to make it up here. So we can go ahead and do the stats. Go ahead. Uh, the Cougars, 24 first downs to 14 for Wayne State. 204 yards rushing, 228 yards in the air, and 432 yards of total offense for the Cougars on 74 offensive plays. Wayne State had 102 yards on the ground, 208 through the air, 310 yards of total offense. They ran it. They ran just 48 plays in the game. USF had the ball for 36 minutes and 30 seconds of the game. Both teams were 50%, 6 out of 12 on third downs. Cougars had two turnovers and were penalized four times for 40 yards, and Wayne was penalized twice for 15 yards. Individual leaders first for the Wildcats of Wayne State. Their leading rusher was Latravius Boyd. He carried 10 times for 70 yards, including a touchdown, long touchdown run of 38 yards today. Dawson Forgey, 10 carries for 24 yards. Quarterback Nick Bowen carried it twice for nine. Bowen was seven of 20 or 17 of 23 rather for 208. Three touchdowns, all three going to Kendrick Watkins Hogue. He was the leading receiver for the Wildcats today. Nine catches for 88 yards. Trevor Marshall had four catches 
for 60 yards as well. Dylan Rudnigan, over 100 yards today, 116 of them to be exact, 18 carries. He jumped over about three or four uh Past Cougars on the uh, rushing list. I brought that list up here a second ago. I think he passed uh, Ryan Simmons and Todd Hallquist. For sure. Rick Miller and Johnny Littles, and he's knocking on the door of Jason Towns. He's the, the 33rd back to go over 1,000. He did that last week, but now he's ranked uh, 28th on that list all time. Dylan Rudnigan, 18 of, for 116 in the game today. Matt Grisbowski, 12 carries for 55 yards. Cam Dean was 18 of 27 for 228. Touchdown and an interception. He was sacked three times. Leading receiver Adonis Hutchinson, six carries for 91 yards and a score. Mark Leonard caught three balls for 47 for the Cougars. Final here, 28-20. to 20. University of Sioux Falls drops a hard-fought decision to Wayne State. Joined now by Coach Jim Glagowski. And Coach, you just great effort by the defense the second half, limiting Wayne State to just two points, but you guys left about 17 out there yourself. <laughs> yeah, you know what, and I apologize. I apologize for getting up here a little bit late, but I was talking to my team, and um, I don't know if I've been more proud of a group of guys, and I'm proud to be the head football coach of a 3-7 and seven team. If that sounds crazy, I guess I'm crazy, but... Um you know, stats tell stories all the time, right? And then they just kind of describe what happened. But the effort, the amount of fight, um, just I can't even tell you. I go down a litany of things that didn't go our way. <laughs> we finally got a break when the ball got knocked out of bounds inside the <laughs> one. Like I was like, wow, this is going to actually happen. And, uh, you know, it's been a year of first, that's for sure. But, um, man, I thought our kids just laid it out there. And uh, those four seniors, even the guys that didn't play, were, were all about each other. The, the sideline was the best it's been all year, which you don't always see from a 3-16. and 16 and I got a little bit fired up at the end. There was a little bit of a little taunting going on, and I didn't appreciate that. I just feel like it's like the old poem of Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena. You know, you got to respect the guys for being on the field, and whoever else isn't inside that arena, you don't care what they think. And that's what I told our team, and I'm proud of them. And we'll pick ourselves up by the bootstraps, and we'll go back out next week and try to get one more before it's over. Yeah, you were down 21-3 at the half. Easily could have folded up. But I, I've not seen spirit and emotion from this team like I saw today. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. We, we, we kind of... Uh, I don't want to say we challenged them, but for as many young guys we had out there, man, those freshmen played well. They did. I mean, and, and you know, at the end of the day, they made a couple catches, right? Um, we made some mistakes as far as getting lined up mentally, but, man, I thought we, we, we flew around uh, to the point I don't think we had done before and played with, like, reckless abandon. And I don't know how many three and outs we had in the second half, but that's as well of a stretch as we played in a long time. And going back to the Minot game, but, um, yeah, I just, man, I'm just proud of these guys, man. It's just uh, there's really good things on the horizon, and I think today was an example of that. And I don't know if there's many teams that, that would still come out here and fight and not just roll over because the season's over. Yeah, you hit it on the head. I feel like – the second half especially, that was the most free that I've seen your defense playing. And the energy on the sideline, if we could feel – I mean, I feel like we could feel it up here, not just from your coaches next door, but it was obvious that those guys were into this game and, and not giving up. Yeah, and I mean, I, I felt like I was back in my old uh, – my old, uh, you know, my old – like riding a horse a little bit there, you know, and <laughs> sending some blitzes here and there. But, uh, you know, I just um, – no, I really wanted to get that win, and you know, I felt like uh, there were some times there where, you know, my better judgment um, <laughs> prevailed, I guess, as far as taking field goals and whatnot. But, you know, I thought we played a uh, we played a, a solid game, and we got beat by a team that made a few more plays than us. And probably, quite frankly, that's probably a football team that believes a little bit more than we do, or at least knows how to win and make some of those plays or not get rattled. And I tell you what, though, when these these kids. Um, 
come back next year bigger, stronger, faster. If this is one of the best top two, three teams in the league, uh, we're right there. Yep. I, I thought it was uh, maybe one of the better running efforts you've put out today, too. Dylan Rudnigan goes over 100 yards again today. Uh, as a team, you rushed for 204. It felt like uh, both Rudnigan and Grzybowski, when they found a hole, they were uh, hitting it and exploiting it and picking up chunks of yards. Yeah, and I, I think the cool thing about that is is that Lucas did a nice job of, you know, it's easy to just chuck it around when you're behind, but we stuck with the running game, and I mean, we doubled them up in rushing yards. Yep. If, you, if you'd read these, again, if you'd read these stats off, you know, <laughs> I'm sure, you know, if you're if you're Wayne State, you're probably sitting there going, okay, you had 20 yards offense last week and you won. You got outgained by 200 yards today and you won. Sometimes that's the way it goes. Right. You know, that's why stats don't, you can pretty much wipe your nose with this thing. That's about as good as these stat sheets are after the game, but I don't know. It is what it is, but, um, you know, we don't play for stats. We play for wins and we keep up short. The what-ifs. <laughs> you fumble at their 20. You throw an interception at their 10, and you miss a field goal attempt from 39 yards up because of a bad snap. That's 17 potential points, and that means you win it 47-28. to 28. But that's the what-if game. Yeah, Tom. I, <laughs> it's a very good synopsis of what happened. Yeah. Uh, spot on. But here's the thing. You know, you talk about mistakes, right? They dropped a snap, and we were blitzing. And the, the linebacker hesitated, and he was too wide. A young guy, freshman. A year from now, he crowds the line. He triggers right now. That fumbled muff snap for them is a sack, not a touchdown. And I think those are the things that, um, you know, you got a veteran quarterback, doesn't panic, picks the ball up, throws it for a touchdown, right? So, you know, give them credit. They've, they've been working too. They're in the, you know, and, and I think that's all part of it, right? But, um, yeah, you were telling me. when I, I thought he got his face mask pulled down, and then he fumbled the ball, and that's what I was upset about. But it is what it is, I think. Um, we'll get there. We will. I, I love these kids, man. I don't want to see. I don't want it to, I don't want it to end next week, you know, but <laughs> I could play another 10 games. I'm not sure our kids could, but, um, yeah. What you think of the defensive effort today? You limited them to 310 yards. They only had one big play running the football. That was the touchdown early by Boyd where he should have been tackled, we thought, at about the 30, ends up going 38. But all in all, the defensive effort today and your thoughts on it. Yeah, I was really pleased. You know, we, we had done a lot of kind of soul-searching defensively on the staff this week. I give a lot of credit to, to Spencer Capitani, you know, our defensive coordinator. I give a lot of credit to Andre and McCall and, and Carlton Littlejohn and Marcus, our young guys, Marcus. And, and Michael Buto. Um, I think, you know, you got to get better during the week in practice. And those guys held them accountable in practice to make them practice the right stuff. And, you know, we're, we're still, I'm hopeful the missed tackles and stuff is a little bit of a byproduct of maybe um, just some strength issues, not being strong enough or physical enough. And finally, at halftime, I was like, okay, enough. Just shoot your shot. And if you miss, you miss. And I thought what you saw there was, man, we started tripping guys up and we started just forcing yeah. the issue. And that's, that's to me, that's um that's incredibly important because now we're not just lining up we're actually playing defense and um you know part of it is are you want to put your your chest on somebody and and you know most kids just come out of the womb that way and, and or you do or you don't you know i don't know i've not met, met many guys that really don't like to hit anybody and then all of a sudden they like to hit as they get older so um we got to find some more of those guys that come out of the womb ready to strike and and uh but uh, I'll take these kids next week again, and we'll go out there and we'll get after Southwest and see what happens. You mentioned the, the true freshman, and we've talked about this a couple times throughout the year, but Cade Morris, one of your leading tacklers today, mm -hmm. he was uh, all over the place, especially <laughs> in the run game. I thought he did a great job. You got good effort. London Cole made one of those plays where he tripped yeah. somebody up at a key point, and uh, you got Adonis Hutchinson in the end zone again <laughs> on, a, on another uh, catch and, and run kind of play. You, you know what? This sounds kind of crazy, but the question wasn't about who was injured today, who didn't play today, right? Um, 
Carter tried to gut it out, couldn't really go. Unfortunately, Janice got injured as well. But we're not sitting here talking about who got hurt and who didn't play. We're talking about, wow, these young guys really stepped up. That's exciting. That That's extremely exciting to me. And, man, those guys. I mean, I just – and Charlie Quaintance. Yeah. Charlie Quaintance was out there today. He's a true freshman. You had London Cole. Uh, I mean, we had – Dawson Raves, a true freshman, and then not to mention Matt Garing's a redshirt freshman. You know, I mean, it's exciting, guys. I mean, and I just, yeah, Garrett Hoffman's a redshirt freshman. I mean, there's just so much potential, and it'll happen. It just, it's like anything else, you know. It just takes time, and, and they have to learn by experiences. And, and I'm excited for the future. I know that doesn't do any good right now. We're three and seven, but and we're certainly not. We're shooting our shot, and you know, today I told the kids we were going to blitz and get after them and force the issue. And I've known Colin Prosser, the OC over there, for a long time, and I thought he was kind of on us a little bit in the first half and throwing some of the hitches when we were in quarters coverage. And in the, in the second half, I just said, you know what, we're going to go opposite what he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so hopefully that works next week too. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. Well, we appreciate your time. You've got one game left. Your thoughts on heading over to Marshall next Saturday to wrap things up with the Mustangs? You know. Um, I don't know much about him, to be honest with you. I haven't seen him very much in crossover film, so I haven't really got a great beat on him. I know Coach Underwood really well. Um, he's a really good coach, and I know he'll get those guys to play hard and play sound. I think they've been playing better. It's funny, again, stats, maybe record-wise they were better last year, but I think they're playing better football based on some of the scores I've seen. Um, but, yeah, well, you know, we again, we can't worry about who we're playing. We just got to go out there and execute because whether it's Wayne State or Southwest, we got to tackle and block and catch and run. And if you turn the ball over against, you know, the little Giants, you're going to lose the game. <laughs> you you know, the, the team with the chunk or with the guy, I don't even know, tank or whatever. But if we're playing the Little Giants, we turn over four or five times. We ain't going to beat the Little Giants. So, um, yeah, you know, and again, you just look at some of those mistakes last week against Pitt State and even today. You know, we put ourselves in a tough spot because we couldn't, um, you know, we couldn't. We can't do that stuff. We're about ready to score. You remember the characters' names. I remember it was Ed O'Neill and Rick Moranis and Little Giants. That's that's how my mind works. Coach Klugowski, thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Do a great job. I appreciate everything, and we'll see you next week. You bet. Bye-bye. 28-20, the final here in Sioux Falls. Wayne State holds on for the victory over the University of Sioux Falls. We'll be back to conclude our coverage from the Bob right after this here on KWSN. Final comments here from Bob Youngfield, where Wayne State has defeated the University of Sioux Falls for the second straight season. Today's final, 28-20. We'll start with sideline buddy Chad Berger up in the booth now. Difference between first half and second half, markedly. Night and day. Yeah, absolutely different. Um, First half, there there wasn't a whole lot of optimism, enthusiasm, especially after that second turnover um, on the Cougars' sideline. Came out after halftime, and defense stepped up just absolutely huge in the second half uh cougars you know got some things going offensively and just didn't quite have enough to to get over the hump there uh and make up that you know that final score that wayne was able to put on the board they weren't able to stop them from getting the first down on that last drive they they took over at the one yard line and then they kind of imposed their will they had one pass everything else was a run they were able to get two first downs and run out the clock yeah yeah, i thought the key play honestly on that drive was the first down from the one yard line they got five or six Six, yards got a little space you know if the cougars can get a hit on the back in the end zone or you know stop him at the one or the two yard line you know then you kind of got them thinking twice about what they're going to do next but uh, they really uh, like you said imposed their will and uh you know ran the clock out at that point you win the time of possession battle (laughs) you win the total offense battle but man when you turn it over twice and they don't turn it over at all and where you turned it over was deep in the opponent's end 
costly. Well, and, and I think just to, to piggyback off what Coach said when he was up here, I think all those things are signs of what's to come. And it's it's hard to say that in a 3-7 and seven season because I know the players that are the four seniors, they aren't going to be here to experience the, the fruits of the growing pains of this year. And the fans don't want to hear that sometimes. I know that too. But uh, I'll tell you, I – I believe in and I trust what he's saying. It's not coach speak when he's sitting in here talking about the future is bright because this future is definitely bright. It's just going to be uh, next season. Absolutely. And, you know, the USF has been through a couple of kind of these rebuilding years right. since the three of us have been around the program. Uh, 1999 is one that comes to my mind. Yeah. You know, lose a huge senior class in 98. Some of those guys had been to the 96 championship. A yeah. uh, lot of young guys starting in that season. Uh building towards you know the eventually the 2001 2002 teams uh same thing in 2013 you know that was kind of a rebuilding year you you had the big group kind of you know that the 2012 group kind of leave had all those freshmen papillion uh that whole crew come in absolutely 2013 was one of those seasons i kind of look at this as another one of those type of seasons and i'm really optimistic about the next few years for the usf cougar football team couldn't agree more only difference between those seasons and this season is one went six and four one went six and five (laughs) this one is sitting at three and seven but you're right the foundation's being laid and you can see what the future absolutely will be like For Chad Berger and Tim Hyatt, this is Tom Frederick saying thanks so much for listening to USF football. We've got one game left, and that'll be next Saturday from Marshall, Minnesota. We'll be on the air at 11.30, the pregame, high noon, the kickoff from Matkey Field as USF plays Southwest Minnesota State. SMSU and Minot, the two remaining teams in the NSIC that have yet to beat the University of Sioux (laughs) Falls on the gridiron. 28-20, our final score here today at Bob Young Field. Until next week, thanks for listening, and we'll see you then, everybody.